0: fairy god pisces tony murray back at it again with another episode our second episode of get in losers where i dish out the advice i don't seek on this podcast we discuss everything under the sun relating back to psychology we do reflection introspection we laugh we cry we hold ourselves accountable and most importantly we self-actualize because who doesn't want to feel like the best possible versions of themselves am i right Before we jump in though, I'd just like to give a quick disclaimer that while I have a degree in psychology, I am not a licensed psychologist or a practitioner in the field. Therefore, if you feel like you need to seek professional help, please don't be afraid to reach out to a friend, a loved one, or even me, to get the help that you deserve. All right, let's get into it. So today, I have another guest with me. We're gonna be talking about relationships. A word we all know and a sport I constantly fail at. <laughs> so, today on my podcast, I have my top dog, my brethren, <laughs> my king of simpery himself, <laughs> Man's Ananias. Don't simp. <laughs>
1: Mans don't simp. <laughs> you know? Introduce
0: yourself, my guy. Hi,
1: my name is Ananias. Uh, and, well, Ananias, Ananias for short. And yeah, I mean, I'm just here to see, her, you yeah, know, to talk. About relationships and stuff.
0: He has just as many A's as the Spanish word for bananas, which is ananas.
1: Yeah, yeah. the only thing I Fun like fact. is that I.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so you could call him bananas.
1: No, no, you <laughs> could call me ananas.
0: <laughs> all right, so let me just jump right into it. So before we get into it, I'm just going to like set a scenario for you. So let me just set the scene, get it all nice and funky. So have you ever thought to yourself... Man, I hate relationships, so, um, this dating thing is not for me, now. But yet, all the while, you still crave the thought of giving love a chance. Oftentimes, you find yourself on the short end of the stick when it comes to the affairs of the heart. And that's because, yet again, you've expended all your emotional output into a relationship that has rewarded you with repressed trauma and uh, stirred up bad memories of your past cursing your own lapse in judgment you make your you make yourself a promise that in the future you're just going to fall back you know do <laughs> you you know stay to yourself you know the buzz rates <laughs> yeah so that you'll never get hurt like that again people can't be trusted you know you think it you think that to yourself and maybe it's not just meant for me you know you may also wonder as you think about your other friends or associates around you they're in relationships and you are not you know But I find it interesting that when persons enter this state of thinking, they tend to wholly believe that out of 7 billion people on this planet, there is not one singular like-minded person that is meant for them. I also find it interesting how much cognitive dissonance we tend to have when we recollect our own failed relationships. You know, we step into these victim shoes in the face of our friends and we start talking about, All the bad things our partner did. Naturally, of course, because these are our friends, they're on our side. The other person is clearly the bad guy. And, you know, you may be right in your thinking for that. Maybe they are the bad guy. But as every tragic hero story goes, you kind of left out the part where you messed up. (laughs) I think you forgot to mention that days before the breakup, you've been ignoring your partner (laughs) and uh, neglecting the relationship because you simply are... quote-unquote wasn't in the mood okay so your partner cheated on you that is very serious but did you mention to your friends that they had been unhappy for months and that you fearmongered them into staying by using uh, mental illness as a manipulation tactic against them did you talk about how many times you compared your partner to your ex and when your partner called you out on shitty attitudes that you have did you deal with it but did you just blame that on the sour history with your exes, mm-hmm. your childhood, and everything else that has nothing to do with you being the problem? Did you hear the infamous words, that's just the way I am? Or I'm broken, I'm mm-hmm. cold hearted, <laughs> not adhering to or taking responsibility of the fact that you may be the problem. In mathematics, you learn that you get more marks for the correct execution of an equation rather than the correct answer. Mm -hmm. So in other words, the steps that we take leading up to the answer are just as important as the answer itself. So why then do our relationships keep going south? Why do we continue to blame it on extremities rather than ourselves? Why can't we love people properly? And When did we become so traumatized? Let's discuss.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I feel hmm. I feel it's, it's a mixture between It depends on, depending on the society especially But I feel like for Trinidad It's usually between Like late secondary school And 25 You know it's usually around that time That you tend to indulge With the most relationships That, that, that you know a lot of people have They have within that time Which is from let's say like 15 Mm-hmm. for the least you know i mean i mean a lot of people have it less but yeah. but at that time you're able to kind of conceptualize and think to yourself okay well this is this is what this is you know and and at 25 you're you're thinking to yourself you're like all right well i feel like i need to kind of stop this amount of dating and that's where the the thoughts come in that oh well i guess i'm meant to be alone forever mm.
0: you
1: know so it could be between there
0: what do you, how do you think it relates back to psychology? Because, like, okay, psychology, you know, it's not about reading minds. It's about studying thoughts, behaviors, mm-hmm. feelings, actions, etc., mm. And how all of these things, you know, correlate and culminate to create the human experience. Mm. So, therefore, why then? Did we develop this ideology? Why, in your opinion, personal opinion, why have we developed this kind of ideology? What is the root of this mm. ideology? Where does it come from?
1: Well, it could be a few things. There's social media. Um, mm. Social media it tends to flout, uh, like spout a lot of a lot of um, things, a lot of sayings that that you know seem cool and hip at the time, might I say, and mm-hmm. it, it leads to us being like, oh well, I guess this is the thing. You know, I guess, I don't know, let's say, um, like, some people might look at, let's say Leonardo DiCaprio, and they'll be like, oh, well, this guy is, how old is Leonardo DiCaprio? He's like probably 40 in his 40s, 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 early 50s. 50s. All right, he's, he's that age, and he's still dating, like, these young women. I should probably just wait until I'm that age and mm. then do that, you know. And then on the woman's side, you have somebody like Rihanna, who essentially does the same thing so you think yeah. to yourself you're like all right well if these people could do this then who am I to do it and then there's also your your the people around you you know um, there's a period sometimes where where people grow and within the growing process they tend to say things that might seem immature to the mm-hmm. person that has well reached a certain point and I feel like sometimes our friends, when it is they say those things, we think to ourselves, we're like, hmm, you know, this makes sense. But it's not that it makes sense. It's that that, that person is kind of between a growing, they're, they're in a growing process. So some of the things they say might sound like it makes sense. But mm-hmm. it's not that. It's just that something sounding like it makes sense and something actually making sense. It's two different things. It's so like the blind
0: leading the blind, basically.
1: Exactly. Because your friend who seems mm-hmm. like she have things together might be like, oh, well, like, I don't know, man is shit and you shouldn't, <laughs> I don't know, you're like, I, I have a lot of sayings, mm-hmm. you know, and then you might be like, oh, well, she seems happy. So yeah. let me adopt this same mindset, this mindset yeah. you know, and you would adopt that same mindset. And then when you check now, like you're, you're 28 and you're still single and she's married. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking to yourself, but, but she led me to this place, you know, so, it is it have a lot of it have a lot of parts and a lot of things that kinda of lead up to that, but I feel like mostly it, it comes down to your interpretation of life. Mm. You know, it comes down to what it is you want from it, how it is you 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 want to achieve this thing and where do you see yourself going. What it is I do with regards to either decisions or even just a situation. I think to myself, I'm like, okay, let's say five years from now, I'm going through the same issue. What I still tolerated. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, and, and you need to look at it from both sides. You're like, okay, five years from now, my partner is going through the same things that I'm going through. What I still tolerate it. If I if, am if in their shoes.
0: Yeah. and um, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because throughout our life, we go through developmental stages in which we need to grow and evolve and it could you could take it in a spiritual sense you could take it in a pseudo scientific sense a social science sense it's up to your interpretation it's free for you to decide but everybody says the same thing you know you go through a period where you must grow and overcome things that have happened in your past in order to adopt a proper mindset that can align you towards the things that you want because oftentimes we want things and we don't align towards them And as you said, it goes back to pair relationships as well. You know, that is a very important topic that I'm going to be touching on today. You know, relationships that we have with others really do affect our intimate relationships. Because as I said, the psychological experience of, and human experience, is a series of repetition. It's just, you are just repeating a behavior that you learned in the past. Mm. So if you find yourself being emotionally distant with your partner, you find yourself being uh, overly clingy or needy Mm -hmm. or codependent with your partner, you have to ask yourself and catch yourself in the behavior and say, but when did this start? When, who was neglectful towards me? Mm. Who was making me feel as if I needed to be highly dependent on them so Mm. that I became this clingy person? Where did this relationship style come from? And let's just put things into perspective a little bit. To understand how our relationships fail, we need to understand what the word relationship means. Oxford Dictionary defines relationships as the way in which two or more people or things are connected or the state of being connected. And Every thought that we have, every behavior that we have is learned and repeated. So it's no coincidence that we end up with partners who our family members or even ourselves find that they remind us of our parents in some form or fashion. It could be in physical appearance. Oh, yeah, that wasn't fa- that looking like your father. <laughs> or it could be yeah, yeah. individual traits that they possessed or certain attitudes. Oh, you ignorant, just mm. like my mother. You mm. know what I mean? Our parents are our primary caregivers. They are the first relationship bond that we form at the beginning of our lives. The bond can even begin in the womb. You know, John Bowlby, he's a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, he was the first to develop this theory. It's called the attachment theory. Mm. And it refers to the major social and relational connections that a child makes with the mother or the father the primary care- caregiver in the child's life whoever it is it could be your grandmother your aunt whoever it is usually the person that you attach to first and this is the ch- person that you spend the most time with and the process of attachment can begin in early infancy you know the psychiatrist john bowlby he was uh, heavily criticized for this theory but it really does help to put things into perspective because mm-hmm. the theory was later refined by a uh, developmental psychologist, Mary Ainsworth. And she basically culminated four different types of attachment because right. she was observing infant patterns and infant behaviors, infant relationships between parent and child, and how the parent reacted or acted towards the child really had a very strong influence on the child. There are four attachment styles. I'm not here to psychoanalyze anybody. <laughs> you know what attachment style you may fall into. All right. There's the secure attachment style, there's the avoidant attachment style, the anxious attachment style, and the disorganized attachment style. The secure, as you may understand, is, you know, you've had a healthy development between your parents. Mm-hmm. You will have excellent communication. Your parent was very uh, responsive and nurturing towards you. And you had a fairly good development. This continued throughout the period of your life. You know, you're a very stable person. Persons with secure attachment styles, you know, they're very uh, comfortable in having adult and intimate relationships Mm -hmm. because they've had that healthy attachment from since they were young, right? But unfortunately for a lot of us, we did not have a secure attachment style. And (laughs) you find that the other attachment styles are the ones that you can more or less relate to. For example, the avoidant or dismissive avoidant attachments. Usually occurs when the caregiver is not sensitive or reactive to the distress in a child. You ever see, like, a mother ignoring her child when they're mm. crying incessantly and yeah. they're throwing a tantrum? Yeah, and they're yeah, just yeah. kind of like, oh, just just forget about him or her, yeah. you know? She'll stop, stop, crying. Yeah, they'll yeah, stop yeah, crying. Yeah, She'll stop crying. That in itself... It's traumatizing. Mm. And I use the mm. word trauma very loosely because people, uh, people think trauma is something like, you know, very serious. Mm-hmm. Like but PTSD. It, mm-hmm. But it could be more commonplace. Remember, trauma freezes you at the age that you experience it. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that again because I don't think you're all ready to hear that. Trauma freezes you at the age at which you experience it. And unless you overcome that trauma, you're going to have a mental bruise on your mind. Mm. Whether you are conscious of it or not, it's going to come back up at some point because it's unresolved. And as an infant, being ignored by your parent mm. is absolutely traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying your parent is a bad parent, but they have definitely, all of our parents have made mistakes in our lives. Mm towards us that has been traumatizing to us and has conditioned us to certain behaviors, whether we like it or not. So persons who are, you know, avoidant, they tend to be emotionally uh, distant in their future relationships, their uh, their adult relationships, and they're very unexpressive. Mm -hmm. You may relate to that, you may not. Resistant attachment style or anxious preoccupied attachment style. This is the one I personally fall to. This is the result of a caregiver who is inconsistent, unpredictable, Mm. and it's like you can't really pinpoint, you know. It's very, their behavior is very sporadic, Mm -hmm. basically. Sometimes they pay attention to you or sometimes they just leave you alone. It depends on their mood entirely. And, you know, this could be very anxiety-inducing for a child, because when they're in distress, you know, you go to another person. Primarily, you go to your your partner. Mm-hmm. In this case, your quote unquote partner is your parent mm. to be soothed, and it could be very anxiety inducing to have the feeling of not having comfort,
1: right? Not yeah. having somebody to turn to.
0: Exactly, and your parents is like, nah, I go on and zest. <laughs> you know, she just pull on she big earrings and she go on. Yeah. Like. Mom's gone.
1: Yeah, look twice and she disappear. Like. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> And as an adult, you know, having an anxious, avoidant, uh, preoccupied attachment can lead you to have very insecure relationships. You can be very clingy and needy in the relationship, and you're always looking for reassurance. You're always looking for codependency. Mm -hmm. I, myself, I do fall into that category. I know I have an anxious, avoidant personality because I find myself... Having to hold myself accountable, basically, for being very codependent Mm -hmm. on my partner, being codependent in relationships. I always want to know, hey, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Talk to me kind of thing. And it's like, you know, you need to give people the freedom to just, you know, be by themselves. And then we have the disorganized attachment style. And this can happen when the uh, caregiver's behaviors are very frightening to the child. There's no clear strategy for seeking comfort or attention in later life, and this could lead to a very tumultuous relationship. So, those are the four attachment styles, and I wanted to hear like your thoughts and like your personal opinion on them.
1: Well, for me, um, I think because you you describe any different attachment styles, it's, it's just it's really it's really strange because. When it is a regular, somebody with a regular, like, a regular upbringing, they had a nuclear family and everything was fine, you know, nobody cheated or anything like that, Um, they usually tend to be very, how to say, they're, they're shunned a lot of the yeah. time by, by the average, by the average person, and, and, and I'm speaking about Trinidad. Average
0: person in this generation.
1: In, Trinidad, in yeah. In
0: Trinidad,
1: yeah. You know, because they like there's this there's this joke that um a lot of people make on Twitter. They're like um like it would be like um like let's say something like um I don't know somewhere should like do you stalk your ex or or have you had a normal uh, a normal oh, upbringing yeah, 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 that yeah, kind of shit yeah. you know so no, it's like, that shit
0: we, hits close to home
1: yes like is, we, we did just be like oh well um a normal upbringing is not good and because because everybody else didn't necessarily have one
0: I think it's definitely being glamorized um, having yes. childhood trauma
1: yes and it's, and it's not, not, fun. It, it really not fun it is really not fun um, I think I think yeah. I myself kind of fall into like an avoidant sort of partner okay. because it's not for me. It's not really necessarily for me to have as much attention in a relationship. Okay, um, I'm kind of like a touch and go type type of person. You, do you know? think that has anything to do with
0: like of your course. upbringing? Of
1: course, like, your, okay, <laughs> that has everything to do with my upbringing. Um, for me, I. I don't have much memories of my upbringing, to be okay. very honest. Um, it's very peculiar,
0: hmm.
1: but I have to deal with it. Um, but I assure you that there are things that I look back and I'm like, yo, this sh- sh- probably shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And like, it, it, it's just what it is. Yeah, It's just what it is. And I feel one of the things that, causes like this to to be so prevalent and for us to have so much issues in our society is because we don't have something to turn to we don't have help you know so when you when you think to yourself all right like as a man let me say as a man being totally dependent on, on a partner to survive or or to or to feel good about himself and He's just going to a woman and being like, yo, I could be a boyfriend. I could be a boyfriend. And every woman is turning him down. And yeah. he'll think to himself, like, yo, something's wrong with me. I need to, like, you know, I need to do something about this. And then he keep trying, 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 trying. He turns and then into he, a shit bag. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Or it could even go the other way, whereas he just like, yo, it makes no sense I'm living anymore. You yeah. know? Yeah. And we don't have anything to turn to, anybody to turn to, to be like, yo, I have these issues that are not normal right and i need to fix them you know we just like ah well I a man i go fix it myself <laughs> which, <No>. <laughs> which, <laughs> which does not work and i assure you with with all the because i myself i i love psychology i love psychology to like to the bone All right, Um, psychology, sociology, (laughs) everything is psych in my heart, right? And I, myself, I was like, all right, well, I feel like one of the ways to probably help myself is to learn psychology and actually find a way to self-medicate Not in the actual drug sense, (laughs) but in the mental sense. I don't
0: promote psychedelics on my uh, podcast. Neither me.
1: Um, No. Even
0: though I I I sound like (laughs) I'm on them, I can assure you I am.
1: (laughs) No, but it's just like, when did I say that? I mean, like, um, for example, like, you could fix your own mental issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely right.
1: And for me, it didn't work. I mean, it, it it hasn't worked because... Because I, i I'm, I've, I've come to realize that I'm not just a, a regular geese. You know, I have a, I have a lot of issues, and I don't know how to fix them yet. But at this point, as as a as a male in Trinidad, I feel like I don't have anybody to, talk, to turn to as mm. an issue. And yes, I completely agree
0: with you on that. But there's one. Thing I do disagree with you on mm-hmm. it is the fact that you can fix yourself there's no better expert than you um a psychologist or a psychiatrist yes they are the you could think of them as the mechanics they can mm. provide you with the tools you need to help you fix yourself but you must fix you mm-hmm. and anybody who's listening I am not here to heal you I'm not here to fix you I'm just here to provide you with the tools that you need to fix yourself <laughs> And nobody is here to fix you. Mm-hmm. Not your partner, not your parent. You can blame all your trauma on your parent, sure. but that's not gonna help you in the grander scheme of things. Sure. I'm just talking about attachment because I'm trying to put things in perspective. Because you can fix yourself. Most likely you're listening to this podcast because you do not have in you do not have the resources, not the money to go and get professional psychological help. <laughs> it's okay, I don't either. <laughs> but uh, The thing about it is the more you understand yourself and the more you understand the original thought is the easier it is. Awareness really is the first step, the easiest way to come to yourself and realize this is the problem. You have that light bulb moment. This is the problem. Okay, Mm -hmm. how do I fix this problem now? How do I release? And everything, every trauma is about releasing. Mm -hmm. So this is where I transition into trauma where we talk a little bit about attachment trauma and transgenerational trauma. So basically, attachment, the attachment styles that we talked about just now, in a, whether in a healthy way or not, it will affect your later in relationships. It will influence them. Mm-hmm. It is reflected on how a person identifies needs in a relationship and how they try to get those needs met. So it... It influences all aspects of your life, your confidence, your self esteem, and your choices of your romantic partners. And naturally, while the healthiest attachments to have is secure, we are not so lucky to be well endowed with securely attached parents mm-hmm. all the time. And, you know, because of these developmental issues we had in childhood, it can lead to a plethora of problems, you know, behavioral issues. You might be lashing out at your partner and you may not understand why. You may have emotional challenges. You might feel to isolate your partner. You might be very depressed. Mm -hmm. Your partner may also have a Not so fortunate attachment style as well. And they don't know how to cope with their own problems. You're just butting heads all the time. You have a poor self esteem. And most importantly, you have a lack of depth. In the relationship. And that is really, really what I find is like the problem with a lot of people these days. They don't find depth in the relationship. They they talk to somebody, you know. Everybody's always talking. Everybody's always in the talking stage. And everybody's just permanently in the talking stage. And since something goes wrong. You have one argument. Yeah, everybody's and,
1: quick to abandon.
0: And you're quick, like, that's not for me, you know, dog. I, I really not on that she, you know. You see that, thing. toppy?
1: I'm not for that. I, I'm not for that. And
0: you see, he main-hotting up my head over, he now. Yeah, like, yeah. all this Impressive kind of press. shit. <laughs> and I am a victim. I do that shit, too. I do that shit, too. Uh, uh, I'm so... uh I find myself sometimes intolerant of bullshit. And it's not that it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's a lack of understanding of the person. Everybody has a past. Mm. So I hate to hear somebody say, I have a past. I have a past. You have a past. (laughs)
1: Everybody Everybody has has a
0: past. past." (laughs) Friggin' Oprah. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Everybody has a past, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about, if you really want this, you really want to ascribe and align to Mm. a higher frequency and a love that you think you are deserving of, You need to let go of your past. Mm -hmm. Stop living in the past. But you can't stop. You can't just stop living in the past, obviously. You need to realize that you're living in the past. And you need to have that moment where you realize that the problems in your childhood and the things that have happened in your childhood has followed you into adulthood.
1: But what if like someone that's living in the past um actually do because it's kind of comfortable it know, is comfortable it's because, comfortable
0: for everybody yeah
1: because what happens a lot of the times is that let's say i'm suffering with depression and i'm like yo like i feel feeling really depressed and so and so on, so is the case and then i'm presented with the opportunity to fix it mm. now that then causes a problem where i would need to change the way how it is i live life Yep. which is a very uncomfortable it for a lot of people. And also, there's this thing where when you're depressed, you tend to get a lot of attention. Yeah. Whether it be good or bad, it's still attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you fix that problem, then someone might think to themselves, well, then where would I get attention from? And that would like lead to them staying in that state. So how, how do you then go about that?
0: Nobody wants to be in our state. I am not telling you this to like, try and get in your head or anything. But you, no, no. you don't enjoy being in this state. You don't. You actually don't. Your voice, a voice in your head, your intuition <laughs> is telling you that you don't enjoy being in this state. You enjoy the, the attention and the validation you're getting from it. But you don't enjoy feeling this way. And you will have moments of clarity when you're like, oh, fuck, I really need to change this about mm. myself. I really need to address it it's painful and you know attachment trauma really it's considered to be a traumatic experience that a child has when a primary caregiver cannot provide adequate care or affection to them it could be as small as just ignoring you know Mm. the baby's distress your parents ignoring you as a child you know you felt like your voice wasn't heard or it could be as overt as witnessing abuse between caregivers. You know, you see your, your father hit your mother, your mm. mother cussing out your father, et cetera, or even being a part of that abuse, which mm. is unfortunate. Yeah. And trauma can occur when there's a disruption. You know, there's a disruption in the formation of the attachment bond. So if there's separation from the caregiver, you know, you have a caregiver who dies. It could be very, very traumatic for the mm-hmm. child. And it could be traumatic for your caregiver's own mental health. Mm. It could have an effect on them as well. In other words, all that to say, whatever your parents are going through, you are going through it too. Mm-hmm. You can't be so selfish in your healing journey and everything is me-centered. Me, 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 me. And I'm going through this and I'm going through that. Da, 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 da. Have you ever wondered if your parents have healed from the shit that they don't discuss i remember i was doing uh um i was doing a meditation i was doing a a chakra cleanse i was doing a solar plexus chakra cleanse if anybody knows what the fuck i'm talking about right now (laughs) we need to lime (laughs) Because, yeah, I know I'd be sounding. I'd be sounding crazy. I'd be sounding crazy. I was doing a... I don't know. She's watching me. His eyebrow raise. Um, no, I'm listening. i I was doing a solar plexus chakra cleanse. Because, you know, the chakras, uh, the seven chakra points are like the energy points of your body. You know, it's where you get... It's like a little feedback loop, mm-hmm. basically. And you do the solar plexus chakra cleanse to heal from trauma. I went into the meditation. And normally, I have a very uh, tumultuous relationship with my father. And normally, when I'm cleansing, I go into a trance where I'm imagining I'm releasing the trauma. Mm-hmm. And he is in that form of mm-hmm. the trauma. And I went into the meditation, and he came to me as a regular. And he just looked at me and he was like, Sometimes the absent parent isn't the toxic one. Mm. And I was like, mm, what? Yeah. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Sometimes mm. the absent parent isn't the toxic one. And I woke up out of that trance. And I was like, what the fuck? I and felt I spooked.
1: So kind of hard to face.
0: I went to my mom. Because she's, you know, she's all about that meditation mm. shit. My mom be cleansing her chakras every <laughs> morning and shit. She's a fucking hippie. So <laughs> I went to her and I was like, mommy... Have you healed from what the relationship that you and my father had? I didn't even need her to answer because I hmm. knew the answer was no hmm. because even though she doesn't uh she doesn't have love for him anymore. Hmm. She still feels bitterness.
1: Some kind of angst.
0: Resentfulness. And, you know, that only grew over the years as he continued to be, you know, exhibiting just as a terrible parent. Mm. And I was like, I knew the answer was no, because that's still some, any feeling is still some sort of feeling. Mm. And the way my mother has felt about my father growing up has influenced greatly a lot of things in my personal adult relationships. I am very mistrustful of men, Mm. very. Every time I go into a relationship, it just comes back to the surface where I'm like, no, I can't, I can't, you know. I'm just real quick to cut them off. And then I get codependent and I get clingy Mm. because of my anxious (laughs) attachment that I have that I've developed from my relationship with my (laughs) father. So I'm like, okay, I have a trauma bond with my mother and I have an attachment trauma mm. from my father, and then I'm like, <laughs> wait, I'm like this trauma bond. When you dissect it further, it's a generational trauma. Mm. Trauma can be passed through generations, you know. And it's like, okay, for instance, say you ever heard like the term like generational creases you know? Yeah, it's I have. That, like a real buzzword. I'm not yeah. really like into the whole the whole thing, but. Uh, Basically, understanding that is understanding that you were born and whatever happened before you mm-hmm. will affect you. Mm-hmm. Your parents have a huge influence on the way that you feel about certain things, the way you feel mm-hmm. about politics, the way you feel about religion, the way you feel about life, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And what you resist persists. I think I'll say this in every episode. What you resist <laughs> persists. Yeah, yeah. So you need to kind of ask yourself, ask your parents, mm. "Hey, you good? <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay?"
1: You see, I don't think I don't think a lot of people can because they don't have a relationship with their parents, and some True. people might be like. You know, some parents will be like, you know, you know, like, especially a lot of mothers as well, they, they've they been strong for so long that they just neglected their own issues.
0: Yeah.
1: And when you grow to a point, you're able to see that you're like, whoa, <laughs> that kind of toxic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and because they've, they've been in survival mode for so long that they kind of, that they just made that their life, mm-hmm. you know, they made it their lifestyle. And because of that, they... They they become this thing that they needed to be in order to survive. And going back to generational curses, I f- I think a lot of the times with generational curses is not so much like, for me, I I don't really view it as, um, how to say, a curse. Yeah, it's not necessarily a curse. Called I believe I. Yeah, it's as in as in it, it it exists only within the mind. It more exists within the actions that people take. For example, saving a lot of people have problems with savings because of the fact that they never saved growing up. And the reason why they never saved growing up is because their parents never saved growing up and their parents Mm. never saved growing up because vice versa and vice versa and vice versa. That's interesting. That that is exactly how it is. It it manifests itself in a curse. So if if you've seen abuse in your household, I was talking to a friend actually recently and it's like, she's seen abuse in her household and it kind of translated into something where she herself became abusive and yeah. So it's like, we need to notice when it is we do something and what happens a lot of the times is that when it is we do it, we like, yo, where the fuck that come from? Right, and it's in that moment we need to.
0: You need to catch yourself, yeah, in the middle of a thought.
1: Yeah, you need to backtrack and be like, "Yo, nah, if this is not, if this didn't come directly from me, where did it come from?" And we, we don't.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and you know this. This conversation isn't just for you know persons who are single and don't understand why they're you know still single etc. Why their relationships are failing. This is also for people in relationships, mm. and this is also for I have many friends who have babies now. You know we're at that age. Don't uh, do, do, at, do my that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm knocking.
1: on 25. Though hold on.
0: <laughs> we're at that age. We we be having kids. I mean not me, but mm. you know. Mm. And this is for you know young parents. I know so many women right now who have already had terrible relationships (sighs) with their baby's father. Mm. And if you sincerely do not want to repeat history, I Mm. really advise that you get right with yourself. Sleeping with your child father and you're not in a relationship, it's not serving Mm. you anymore. It's not.
1: all I will do is just... It would just strengthen the attachment that you would have to him. And then you would start to expect things. You would start to be like, oh, well, see, now you're sleeping with me. I hope that you stay in the stay, house. Yeah. And then when he started to stay in the house, sometimes man's mightn't have a job. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, well, see, now you're staying in the house. Take care, Junior, for this day. You know? Oh, <laughs> and then Junior now, Junior with homeboy, and homeboy like look i really enough all this vibe here was small (laughs) man you can handle yourself look the food here look the food look this here look that here i (laughs) gone and you know you come home and junior missing yeah so it could it could lead to so much problems just that simple act of sleeping with your baby that your baby's father especially if you're not in a relationship
0: we're moving to a new age. We're moving to the, towards the age of Aquarius. We need to make better choices for our children. We need to make better choices for ourselves. We cannot continue repeating history with our parents. We need to get right by ourselves mm. or right by them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm seeing that in a somewhat hypocritical standpoint because I do need to have that relationship and start to re- repair the bonds and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Trauma, it takes years to heal. It's it's not an yeah, everyday thing. Yeah. I don't have <laughs> the answers for you. Yeah. But trauma, you need you need to start with awareness because moving into our adult relationships, mm. what happens to us as children can clearly affect what we carry with us into our adult relationships, you know? Trauma hugely influences attachment, and many of us are not so lucky to be endowed with healthy parents. And when there's a history of trauma, even small levels of stress affect the security of the attachment bonds and it could magnify into relationship threatening events. Mm. One of the major defining factors of an inner relationship is the ability to reconnect after emotionally after an argument. Mm. It's to be able to just, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just to find back that equilibrium after mm. argument, to just be normal. It's not talking and not talking for like a two weeks and, we, and
1: blocking him and, <laughs> and you're posting changing, your status and, and taking and down your, your profile you picture you take down
0: your dp one time <laughs> it's just to let him know it's just to let him know. i mean I, ladies <laughs> we be doing this too much bro we be doing this too much <laughs>
1: trust me like as a man he don't
0: care if you take down the dp <laughs>
1: No, but and even that, like as a man, you see in like a woman take down her DP, you're like, Oh it, the pettiness it has started. Problems. The pettiness so, has started. So then now you're gonna have a bunch of fellows in your chat and you're like, Whoa, sure. why What's them going in my on? chat? Yeah, how come when I have problems in my relationship? What's going on here? with you and
0: Billy Bob? Right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> you know Oh my
0: god, Billy Bob ain't shit and you're just <laughs> allowing <laughs> these,
1: little, these little these Super little supermen simps Kremlins. on the mics. Like, oh my god, you
0: deserve these better. Kremlins. <laughs> (laughs) coming into your fucking chat and they're like babe he he really he probably entertaining other females whole time he's at home he's at home he doesn't know what the fuck is going on he's playing game and bob bob john on the side and he they're like girl billy Bobby and shit bro he entertaining mad females and you need to learn yourself with
1: yeah you mean wait hold up you mean like billy bob the one i see the other day with that girl like nah, you're
0: not. nah, nah, nah. Girl, Yo, you no no girl you deserve cheating, so though. much better yeah
1: you deserve better queen like what and i why not you? saying that because i like you
0: or anything <laughs> it's just because i genuinely feel that oh way about God, you like don't wow. fuck off but, you know you just want to fuck though shut <laughs> up shut the <me> fuck up. <laughs> where was i <laughs>
1: yeah he was you was saying that you know um you need to be able to find, uh, 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 you know, in quick timing yeah, in as quick soon timing, as possible, yeah. reconnect with your partner after an mm-hmm. argument. But
0: but when there's a history of trauma, the mm-hmm. partner can often use uh, protect defenses which basically leads to disengagement and isolation which mm. is what we're talking about right now mm. you pull away you fall back yeah. you do you quote unquote <laughs> chill you're just doing you i just studying me right now mm. but this oftentimes occurs because the person who you sought after for comfort you know it becomes the perpetrator of your painful experience mm. and that in its sense can create like a chaotic thought and dissonance within the individual that is oftentimes unbearable. So, you know, we, again, we step into the victim shoes. Mm -hmm. We go to our partner, we have this problem, but we don't communicate it properly because we don't understand ourselves. Our partner doesn't know what to do for us. They don't understand either. We get chaotic and we get uh, frustrated with them. Mm. We blew up on them. Yep. And it just results in, you know, taking out the DP. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, we ignore the problem for like a little two weeks. A little and then
1: week. return and be like, hey. Problem,
0: yeah. <laughs> like if it hey, never existed. Yeah, What you're doing, I miss you. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. just they
1: like come over and you're like the
0: cycle repeats itself itself. when the working model of a relationship is one that develops on the inability Mm. to trust yourself as well as the other person the result will never be favorable Mm. never Mm. the working model of a relationship must be that trust and must be the trust in oneself, the confidence in oneself, mm. having a proper self-efficacy, self-esteem, etc.
1: Mm. You
0: already gone into the self-esteem damn thing.
1: Self-esteem is a whole issue. Like. You already
0: gone into the damn thing expecting your partner mm. to validate you, to just make you love life again. Love yourself again. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: It doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah. It doesn't um, work like that. Sometimes, sometimes some people and there's this thing where a lot of people these days are like oh well i'm like this and you have to accept me like this otherwise you don't love me and i'm like mm, mm. that's not how it is deflection. <laughs> yeah, yeah that is not how Last it works deflection. because i can't fix your problems
0: exactly right
1: i can't hope to someday relieve you of your stress you need to do that for yourself and until it is you realize that you would never have a fruitful relationship because everybody because the kind of people that you would pick is is people that give you a really good time but also give you a bit of trauma Mm. you know so like that roller coaster relationship mm. is a very common thing these days. And it's it very attractive.
0: To, yes, it's a very attractive it, relationship people, to be
1: in. people assume a toxic relationship is not fun, because when you think <laughs> when you think toxic, you think you know. Oh well, it's. It, it's just bad all wrong. And I'm like, no, no it's it a roller coaster. There's the
0: moments when it gives you a high.
1: Yes, and it's a very high high, high high
0: that you can't replicate.
1: <laughs> and then there's the very low lows, yeah. which lead to fights, you know, which lead to more trauma. And it goes back to the
0: scenario where I was talking about you end up going to your friends and you're like, yeah, he did this, he did this, that, the other, whatever, whatever. And they're like, oh, he ain't shit, whatever, whatever. (laughs) She ain't shit. She full of shit dog. Mm -hmm. Doggy, dog, your top dog's always here for you. (laughs) Da, 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 da. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But it's like, did you talk about how you allowed it though? Mm. We can't continue to exist in a victim mentality. I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. I still don't think of myself as a victim. Mm-hmm. Because when I lived as a victim, I acted like a fucking victim. Right. I acted like a wimp. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking for myself. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not speaking for anybody else in this sense. I'm speaking for myself. Mm-hmm. Solely mm-hmm. for myself. I'm not talking about anybody else who was in an abusive relationship. All our, you know, individual experiences are different. I'm talking for myself. Mm-hmm. And... I cannot continue to live in a victim mentality because, yes, I was in an abusive relationship, but I allowed it. Mm. I could have walked away. I know to myself, there was many times I could have walked away, mm-hmm. but I allowed it.
1: Well, and also, one of the things that is not, what what it is she's saying is not necessarily that that she caused the person to be like that. It's not that. It's just she's saying that, she knew the situation and still stayed. And that's what she means by allowing it, you know, because these days people are just people are people, mm. you know, and they, somebody might think to themselves, oh, well, I guess that justifies the argument that, oh, well, I, I caused this problem. It's like, no, no, no. is is um there's this book called um, The Simple Art of Not Giving a Fuck.
0: Oh, i know you love that book. <laughs> of course
1: <laughs> and what it says is that you may or may not control the circumstances of your life but the circumstances that you cannot control yeah. for example where you were born um let's say for example getting into an abusive relationship you you're not able to control that because the person might have put up a front however Is what it is you do after knowing about the situation, after being born into a shitty situation. Do you sit there and play the victim and be like, oh, well, I was born into this, so I'm just going to stay here and and wallow in my my sadness and hope that someday Superman comes and take me out of the situation? Or are you going to be like, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna settle for the situation.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's just to bring everything back full circle because you know, I'm not here to try and offend anybody or make f- anybody feel a type of way. But as Ananias rightfully said, it's what you do with that experience after that makes it all the worthwhile. Because I existed in a victim mentality for so long afterwards and I blamed mm. my experience on the way that I was mm. the chaotic way that I was towards people afterwards and I was just you know using it as a scapegoat to be a shitty individual mm. and I was like you know I was I went through this I went through that that's no excuse to treat somebody nah. who knows nothing about you in such a appalling manner you know you end up choosing a partner with an unconscious wish to repair earlier damage mm. But oftentimes, you end up recreating the original traumatic experience. Yep. And in this instance, the traumatic experience, the person causing the trauma, is not the other person. Yep. It's, it's you. you. It's you. Your mind is so yep. powerful. You're, so how do we heal? Like... Where is the end all for this? There's no end-all. What? There's no end all. <laughs> just just you know. There's no Slut you down. Trauma <laughs> is a, as I said, it takes years to heal, guys. Yeah. It yeah. really does take years to and heal.
1: Trauma is something that you 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 can't always live a life trying to prevent trauma. Yeah. Otherwise you just have stay in a box yeah. and hope that the wood chips don't cut you. You know? <laughs> True. So existing in the will, today, I mean, ever since, there's no way to escape trauma. Yeah. You're going to experience it either way, or the, one way or the next, you know, uh, either whether it be through somebody else, through yourself, through an incident, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes back to what do you do after you experience it? Do you play the victim or do you work on trying to either make peace with the event or work to get yourself out of the mindset that you're currently in.
0: I mean, I could sit here and objectively recommend and prescribe Mm. uh, trauma-based cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, EMDR therapy, neurofeedback therapy, acupuncture, breath exercises, and all that cool, jazzy-sounding stuff. Mm. But as I said if you're listening to this podcast most likely you don't have the money or the resources to go about mm-hmm. getting these things i won't i will never not recommend therapy however so once again if you do feel like you need expert help and assistance with something you went through as a child that nobody can fathom mm. please reach out to a friend a family member reach out to me you know and get the help that you deserve you need it however I am also a student of psychology. I'm a big Mm. fan of Freud. And I am of the belief that the mind is extremely powerful when it comes to creating and shaping our own realities and as well as destroying them. Mm. We are brilliant. We are brilliant. We have all the answers. I'm not trying to sound like a hippie. I already know I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying.
1: You just made peace with it.
0: We have all the answers. (laughs) We have the answers. So what can we do in the present moment? What can we do now? That doesn't involve uh, spending thousands of dollars to try and fix ourselves. That may not even end up working. Awareness is the first, I know it seems minuscule, but awareness really is the most, the most important step. The first step. Is just realizing, maybe by listening to this podcast or something that you did a long time ago or something that you will do and you realize, hey, no, for real though, this really is because of this. Mm-hmm. Get into the present frame of mind. Get into the present moment and realize that, okay, this is really affecting me. If you're in a relationship, ask your partner, hey, so I have a habit of doing this, that, and the other. Instead of just deflecting, you know, the issue, <laughs> tell them I'm aware that I have this problem. Yeah, well, Every time I have this problem, please let me know mm-hmm. so that I can avoid doing it the next time. Yeah, yeah. Awareness helps you slowly reprogram, realign, and come back to a new, normal, functioning human being. You're reprogramming your mind, basically. In mm-hmm. Inner child work. I don't know if you've ever heard of this term. It's a psychological term, but a lot of uh, spiritual gurus have adopted the practice in a child rake. So it involves the trauma that you've experienced as a child Mm -hmm. has made you essentially lose your voice. For some of us, we lost a lot of our childhood trying to be adults for (laughs) our parents. Yeah, And it could be... it, It is... It is stripping to us because yeah, your yeah, childhood yeah, yeah. is the, the best part, the best time of your life.
1: Mm, and that leads to a lot of adults that people deem as oh you're so childish. Why you're so childish? It's not it's not that somebody's being childish, it's just they're trying to live the they're trying to regain the thing yes, that they lost. That's
0: exactly what it is. That is precisely what it is. Your inner child lives within you. It is a part of you. It is the parts of you that was denied. As a actual child, you know, you may find yourself uh, losing your temper or getting very frustrated easily at certain things. That is literally the voice of your inner child saying, hey, my voice is not being heard. I'm not being understood right now. I just need to just be. To just be. And that is what you need to do. You need to go back into your past. If you are living in your past right now, do some time traveling. Mm. Go back into your past. Visualize the things that have happened to you that have hurt you and let it go, mm-hmm. right? Talk to yourself. It sounds crazy, but talk to yourself. Tell your inner child, let your inner child know, hey, I'm here for you. We are not still living in this pain. We are not still living in this frame of mind. We have moved forward. Look how happy we are now. Mm-hmm. Look, how, look how big you've gotten. We've grown up. And it's time to move on. It's time. Mommy or daddy may have hurt us. Our foster family may have hurt us, but it's okay now. You're in a safe safe place now, you Mm -hmm. know? Just be, be who you want to be. Write letters to yourself, apologize to yourself. Apology is so important, you know? Mm -hmm. Apologize to yourself and just find yourself again do visualization visualize in your mind that you were talking to your child what would you want to say what would you have wanted to say to yourself at that age you you know the answers Mm. and how can we visualize meditation i will you will hear me sound like a fucking broken record (laughs) on this channel but i meditation guys is so freaking important Mm. it's like meditation is almost like a biohack in unlocking Really the subconscious of your mind, the unconscious thoughts of your mind and really tapping into it and being able to see it for what it is, understanding that it is not a part of you. It just exists within you and let it go. You cannot be either or. Everything, every experience you've had is a part of you, but it is not you. It doesn't shape your reality mm. going forward. It just shaped the reality of your past. Mm. You can create a new reality. True. Sure do meditation, do mind work and take those thoughts that those things that have hurt you and just let it go. Just let it go. And it will take a while. Sometimes meditation is very fucking frustrating. I'm not even going (laughs) to lie. It's like I'm trying to go into the fucking trance. You know, everybody's just talking around me. It's like blabbing, quarreling. I'm like, oh my God, fuck. I'm trying to be a hippie right now. I'm trying to be like all new woosa. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of frustrating. But it's, it's chill. It's a chill vibe. And it really does help you reaffirm, reprogram, self-affirmations, mm. you know, self-affirmation. The point of that is to reprogram your mind. For so long, you have been telling yourself so mm. many bad things. Yeah, yeah. It's time to start feeding your thoughts with positive. Yeah. You know, it will take a while and it will be frustrating. The healing journey is very frustrating. Not every day you're going to feel good. Some days you're going to feel like shit. Most days you're going to feel like shit. Mm. Honestly. True that. (laughs) Some days you're not going to want to talk to anybody. But it's necessary. Because when you do the work, when you put in the time, you put in the effort, let's Mm. say you journal and you talk about it, and look back on your journaling after a month, you're a completely different person.
1: Mm. Somebody, a comedian that I was listening to, actually, he said something that I found really it it, it was really interesting you know um he said how when it is we want to go and train our bodies to be better healthier we go to the gym however when it is we want our minds to be better we don't Mm -hmm. go to the gym which is in some cases a psychologist and that is something that we should look at because i mean somebody could somebody could be scrawny and healthy and be better than somebody has, let's say, well, could be scrawny no. and, and <laughs> mentally healthy. <laughs> right? And that could be and that could be better than some that would be better than someone who's bodily healthy mm-hmm. but mentally deranged. Yeah. You know, and we really need to look at that. And it's just like, just like working out in the gym, just like going and just doing, just doing push-ups, everything mental work is about the same thing because Mm -hmm. it has small things that you could do that can make a big impact later because you do it so much Mm -hmm. and there are also big things that you need to do that would improve you know there's diet as well of course right there's your diet there's as you say affirmations there's meditation there's journaling there's so much you know and Again, I'm not going to be the person that's like, oh, yeah, I do all these things. No, I
0: oh, don't. Well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, I'm still in a process where I, um, I'm bettering myself. Yeah. You know, I'm working on bettering myself, not, not just for me, but also the person that I am to be. Because I would like to see, uh, like, two years from now, I look back at this moment and I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, I could have done this better. Right,
0: of you course. You know,
1: and that is something that I, I I, love. You know, I like to see when it is I look back on my previous work, I'm like, yo, yeah, well, I could do this better or I could have done this a different way. And it's the exact same way with ourselves. Yeah. We need to be able to, if it is you looking back a month, two months, three months, a year, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, I did nothing wrong. Oops. That, that is not a good place to be in because as the, the book, the same book um says, right? The subtle art of not giving a fuck says, we're always wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just how much wrong we are. I am wrong now, but in about a year, I might be less wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm still wrong. So until... Until we die or until we reach the point where as... We're never, we're never going to reach the point of being right or being perfect or being the symbol of...
0: The symbol of peace. Of, of peace, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, even, even Gandhi was potentially like racist. But, you mm. know, it was just... Again, it was because he was wrong at a point in time. And when it is he corrected himself and became less wrong... That's how he became the person that we know today. So we need to keep that in mind.
0: It's time to look back and reflect. Mm. It's time to take accountability. It's time to move on. It's time to self-actualize. If you think that this is a fucking sign, it's a fucking sign. And I'm out of here. (laughs) So bye. (laughs) It was lovely having you, Ananias.
1: Yeah, It was lovely having this conversation. I like this.
0: We out. Boop. (laughs) you